In the beginning of the parsha, we have the pasuk. Targum Unklus translates the words bracha uklala as birchan ulevatin, blessings and curses. Comes along Targum Yoinison and he translates it slightly different. He translates the word uklala vichilufa. So bracha is of course blessings, vichilufa and the substitute, the exchange of the blessing. So the Rebbe asks, what's the difference of why it is that each Targum translates the word klala in his own way? Furthermore, we need to understand, because when we look in Targum Yoinesen itself, we'll find that although in the beginning of this parsha several times he does translate klala as v'chilufa, as the substitute for the blessings, later on when it speaks about placing the bracha and the klala on her grizim and her evil, there Targum Yoinesen will translate the word klala umilatataya, those that curse. So we need to understand why the difference. Another thing we need to understand is, what does chilufa even mean? Klala, we understand, is a curse. It's a standalone word. We understand what it means. Chilufa is really only saying it's a substitute for something. So it didn't really translate anything. But more importantly, the word chilufa, when you say one thing is an exchange or a substitute for something else, means that on the one hand, the two things, which one is substituting the other, on the one hand, they, they are different to each other, and that's why one is going to exchange the other. But as well as, there is a common theme between the two, and that's why they could exchange each other. The Rebbe gives an example. We know there's a concept called chilufei oisius, that sometimes a Lashon Kodesh will use uh, uh, another word to exchange, uh, to exchange a word, or different letters to exchange other letters. The Rebbe gives the example over here from the Zoyar that the Alt Rebbe brings in Tanya as well, that the word void in Baruch Shem Kloid Malchusi Loilam Void exchanges the word Echod in Shema Yisrael. And the way it works is because there's a certain connection between the Aleph of Echod and the Vav of Void, why they could exchange each other. There's a connection between the other letters. In other words, there always needs to be a connection between them. And that's why one could substitute the other. But of course the question will become, when we speak about blessings and curses, they're complete opposites of each other. Not one, a substitute or an exchange for the other. So the first thing that Rebbe discusses is the difference between Targum Unklus and Targum Yoinusen. And the Rebbe says that Targum Unklus generally sticks to the simple meaning of the words, a simple explanation. Whereas Targum Yoinusen is going to look into things in a little bit of a deeper level and often quote Medrashim and things like that. So Targum Unklus, we understand, translates the word Klola as, as Levotin, which means curses. Targum Yoinusen, however, is bothered. We're speaking about something that's coming directly from Hashem. Nothing bad comes from Hashem. How can we possibly say that Klola is curses? Hashem is giving it. And this is why Targum Yoinusen translates it with the word Chilufa. Chilufa means as far as the way it came from the Eibishter, only blessings are coming. What can happen is that as a result of the person's act, sometimes things can be switched. Things can be accepted and brought down in a slightly different way than it was supposed to come down originally. The Rebbe is not completely satisfied with this because at the end of the day, the Pasuk does say, Even the Klola is coming directly from Hashem himself. So we still need to understand what does it mean that it's a that it's a chiluf that it's only a substitute for the bracha. So the Rebbe again first deals with the general idea of targum 
And again, going to look at a difference between Targum Unkos and Targum Yoinesen. And what the Rebbe says is, we understand that the need for translating Torah is as a result of Yidin going into Golos, being in a place where Lashon Kodesh is no longer the first language, they're already in a situation of concealments, etc., etc. So we need the idea of Targum. Targum Unklus is mainly a Targum, says the Rebbe, of the place of Bovel. Whereas Targum Yoinesen was a Targum of er- in, within Eretz Yisroel. Tar- Bovel, as we know, is obviously a place at a much lower Golos than the way things stood in Eretz Yisroel. The concealment in Bovel is a much greater one. And therefore, says the Rebbe, Unklus looks at the idea for the Yidden in Bovel, the ideas of Klala seem to be in a very real way the idea of curses. However, Targum Yoinus, and in Eretz Yisrael, things are seen on a deeper level. Things, things are not as dark and as concealed. There, the inner aspect of the Golos, of the curses, could be seen. And therefore, over there, it's understood that it's not purely just a curse as it seems to be. But really, there's a point in the curse. There's really a deeper dimension within the curse. It's only to bring the Eden to greater levels, to higher levels, and so on and so forth. And therefore, Targum Yoinusen is translating that the idea of a klala was really just switching over. The main theme of them is both the same. It just expressed itself in a different way because there's a need for the blessings to be able to come. Sometimes the Yidin need to be purified, elevated through these things that seem, these things that seem like punishments. And furthermore, the Rebbe says, and this is even being said in the lang- language of Targum, which means even these Yidin that can't understand Lashon Kodesh should also be able to relate to this sort of idea. Says the Rebbe, that's all true as long as we're speaking about in the beginning of the parsha with the theme of the idea of Brochis and Klois, etc., etc. Once the Yidin are actually going into Eretz Yisroel, the Pasuk says, when the Abish is going to bring you into Eretz Yisroel, you need to put the blessings and the curses on Hargrizim and Areival. Here, we're going to deal with the Yitzhar in the practical way already. Now, Targum Yonison needs to say, Melatataya, there's the concept of curses, because sometimes we need to scream on the Yitzhar, and we need to tell him the full truth right in his face. Now, the Rebbe takes it a step even further. It's not only that when we look at the curses, we need to know what the inner meaning of them is, that it's really for the point of getting to higher levels, etc., etc. But really, it's a step further than that. It's really about that once we know the reason and the purpose of these punishments or these things that seem like curses, really this itself is going to reveal the blessings inside of them and bring out the deeper dimension of what they were all really all about. And the Rebbe first explains this based on the idea that, as the Alter Rebbe explains, that really all of the inyanim that seem to be negative really are, are on a higher level and a deeper level, they're coming from a greater chesed of Hashem, from a more concealed place. But what happens is, once the Yid himself realizes, once the Yid recognizes that this is all coming from Hashem, and it was only substituting something that could have really come in a, in a, great, in a, in a revealed way good, and we're realizing that these in Yonam are coming from even a greater love, from a greater good from Hashem, because Hashem loves us so much. He's trying to bring us closer to Him. That itself will reveal the chesed in a very revealed way and bring it out B'poyal Mamish in this world as well. That we should be able to see the goodness and the kindness. The Rebbe now connects this to the Haftoyah of the week. And the Haftoyah, we know that there are seven weeks of comfort, seven weeks of, of comfort after Tishabov that goes... Until Rosh Hashanah, we read seven different Haftoyeris. This is following the three weeks of Haftoyeris, of punishment, and etc. Et so the Rebbe says that 
the Avudraham explains to us a very, very fascinating order of the way the Avtoiris work. And we have seven Avtoiris. And if we look at the beginning of each of the Avtoiris, there's an order of what's going on. The first Avtoiris is Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami. The Abish is telling the Nevi'im to go and comfort the Yidin. So Yidin respond, and these are the words at the beginning of the next Avtoira, that the Yidin say, Azavani Hashem, Hashem has abandoned me. So when the Nevi'im come back to the Abishta, and the third Avtoira, they say, That's the Avtoira of Parshas Re'eh, that the Yidin are not being comforted. Comes along the Abishta and says, in the next Avtoira, Yes, I, in fact, myself will go along and I'll comfort the Yidin. And, in fact, as the Rebbe explains, in the earlier part of the Sikha, the idea of Anoichi, Anoichi is even a greater level than a Matan Torah, where it said only one Anoichi. And then so on and so forth, the Avtoiris go on, which speak about the next Avtoiris, says, Kumi Oiri, Kiva Oireich, and Sois, and Rani Akara Loyalada, and Kumi Oiri, these the Abish to speaking to the Yidna, they shall rejoice and shine, and finally the Yidna say, Sois, Osis, yes, I will rejoice in Hashem, etc., and the Rebbe says, seemingly, why does this whole order have to happen? Why does Hashem, who knows the future, why doesn't He just comfort them directly and it has to be in this sort of way that first the Nevi'im go and comfort, etc. So the Rebbe says, when Yidin are in a low state of Golos, sometimes they might be comforted by the comfort of the Nevi'im itself, as long as they're out of the Golos. But then what it could have meant was is that there was a punishment, there's a trouble, there's problems, and now they're being comforted. But they didn't necessarily recognize that within the comfort itself, within the punishment, excuse me, itself, is really the deepest level of Hashem's love. Come along the Yidin and say, that no, we're not being comforted. If it was such a terrible Golas, there must be something much, much deeper in here. Coming from a greater place of love from the Abishter, we're not comforted until we have Hashem Himself. Ah, when the Yidin come to realize, when the Yidin admit, and they realize that the purpose of the punishments, the purpose of the negativity, was only to bring out greater and deeper levels of the love of the Abishter, that itself now causes that the Abishter Kavayachal agrees with their argument, and he, when they say, that the Yidin weren't comforted, and the Abishter comes along himself and comforts them, until the Geula Amit is Vashleimah, we'll see all the kindness of the Abishter, Betoi Vanir